Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, everyone. Welcome. It is the Red Men TV podcast. I am back after a short hiatus. Uh, like the football, actually, uh, in some regards. Uh, but I have come back with a bang, unlike the football, uh, which came back as a bit of a damp squib. We talked about that on the final word show. I'm sure it'll come up in, in, in passing throughout this show. Um, but I've got a, a, a wonderful panel of guests with me today. I've got Sam Walker, I've got Georgia Stevens, and I've got Mr. Steve Hoare as well, who is showing some very, very clean lines today. Look at you, Steve, you handsome devil, with your, with your plain backdrop and your well-shorn hair. Uh, actually, it was a DIY job over the weekend. I, uh, it was a Father's Day special. I thought I'm gonna, at, some <laughs> point, not... at some point someone's going to take a photograph of me, so I thought I'll, uh, I did have a beard and I had like the, the egg in the nest haircut because I hadn't bothered with it. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, it was literally an all-round shave at the same time. That's not normally what people would refer to as a Father's Day special, but that's fine. Um, right, okay, so we're going to start with a kickoff question. Well, I've got you, Steve. I'll, I'll come to you first. Uh, it comes from Adam Boland, uh, who asks, what is your death row final meal? Oh, good question. That is um, probably an Indian. I think Indian. Um, chicken madras, pilau rice, garlic naan pint of tiger beer with it i think i think that's what i'll go for yeah yeah the most cliched beer you can possibly have while in that situation i think that's perfect if you're gonna, if you're gonna be in there why not and plus like imagine drinking an italian beer with like a, a long. plus if they're gonna electrocute me to death i'll be dead so if i shit myself i'm <laughs> Unless they just leave me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have to worry about the day after. Like usually when you have a curry, that's something you've got to consider. Yeah, you've got a plan in your next twenty-four hours. Exactly. Yeah. Like in my schedule, it's like uh, you know morning meetings. You know, sort of play with the kids. Two hours of excruciating pain, and then <laughs> <laughs> where I don't have to worry about it. So yeah, I'll go for a nice Indian. I think. Amazing. Okay, I, I somehow can't help but feel that George's answer won't be anywhere near as disgusting. George, what's your final death row meal? I was going to go with the roast dinner, but like a full, like all the trimmings, borderline Christmas dinner. Um, probably gammon for the meat because you just go all out. Um, yeah, probably that. I'm not too fussed about the drink, just whatever. But, I mean, come on, you, you, they, they're going to ask you the question, Georgia. I, I just, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not too fussed. I, I wouldn't be that. If you're gonna be, if you're gonna be bumped off within the next hour, I'd like just just grant something and go. Just a glass of tap water. You come all this way. <laughs> Oh, yeah, you've that dis- absolute disgrace. But well, imagine that your last meal and going, and you go, oh, I, oh, I've only had just had a dot dot dot. I, I don't think my my food would be high on my priority list if I'm getting bumped off within the next hour. Most likely for a crime I didn't commit. Oh, okay, sure, yeah. <laughs> I think that's what whatever I'm getting killed for. Definitely did. I did it, so I'm I'm filling my boots like I did it. So yeah. Yeah, enjoy your last few moments. Sam, what about you? Well, you both picked good choices there, to be honest. So I'm quite an anxious person, so I'll be honest with you. Like, when when I'd be sitting there knowing I'm going to die in an hour, I probably wouldn't eat anything. But <laughs> for, the, for, for this case, I'll go with salt and pepper chicken. Salt and pepper chicken wings. And 
chips. Mm. It's hard to pick where I'm getting the chips. I'm probably like five portions of Mackey's chips to go with it as well. <laughs> and to drink, I'd probably go with, you know what? I've quite enjoyed a bottle of Corona over the, this period of time. I'm not even being funny. I don't, I, you know, it's probably because it gets left in the Asda on its own. No one buys it and it's on sale. Because <laughs> that, that, that's smart, isn't it? So, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, honestly, I've been enjoying a few bottles of Corona in this sort of period. So that's probably me, to be honest. Yeah, okay, I like Sam. How, I like how Sam said, I wouldn't be hungry, but I get five lots of money. Yeah, you've got it. Once I've got my head around dying, I'd probably be all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For me, it's a toss-up between like an amazing full English and my dad's Christmas dinner with absolutely everything. And then like I've, I've always had an obsession with Mackey's chocolate milkshakes, even though they're not... I'm not sure any of Mackey's milkshakes actually taste like the, the, the what they're meant to taste. Like. They pretty much all taste identical. It's a bit like that um, The Simpsons bit with the Duff beer, where they're saying, like, nah, new beers, Duff light, Duff dry, blah, blah, and it all just comes out of the same hose and into the, into the, into the tank. But yeah, no, I... I I'd, I'd probably go with that. Let us know yours in the comments underneath if you're watching on YouTube, or you can tweet to uh, at the Red Men TV using hashtag Death Row Meal, <laughs> and then and then lash it in there. Yeah, um, always nice to keep uh, that, that that Twitter account on topic. I think. Um, so yeah, if you're new to the Red Men podcast, welcome aboard. Uh, we're going to be doing this um, throughout the remainder of the season. Uh, I ask my guests to each bring a topic of discussion. It can be Liverpool related. It can be football related. And then we ask uh, and answer some of your questions toward the end as well. Uh, look, rather than me picking an actual um, nail on top of this, I just want to reference the the Nabi Keita uh, allegations that are going around on social media at the moment and reference them as much as we're not going to discuss them. But also I would point out to people on, on, online is that obviously an allegation has been made against Nabi Keita. We don't know how true that is or isn't, but that doesn't mean that we, we should jump to the to the defensive either. Uh, in this instance, obviously, if, if, there's, if there's more to it, then we have to kind of wait and see. But yeah, well, obviously from a, from a Liverpool fan perspective, we'll all be hoping that this is, this is a, a finalist allegation but that doesn't mean that any abuse should be turned towards the person. It also means that, you know, we just have to wait and see, basically, because none of us actually knows what happens. So, yeah, we won't be commenting on it any further. But I just wanted to bring it to people's attention that we're not brushing it under the rug, because obviously that is a re- it's a very, very serious allegation that's been levelled against them. And uh, obviously when we know how Liverpool and how, you know, maybe even the police in this instance are are, are, are dealing with that, then we'll, we'll respond to it further. Um, so obviously, stay. Um, we saw the, the Reds came back. We played. We played Dev in the Merseyside derby. It was a bit poo. Uh, let's be honest about that. Um, and if you want to talk about the use of five subs, is this in reference, particularly to what you've seen in the match, or just in a general thing? Just, just in general, uh, across the whole football that I've been watching, I think I've watched about eighty percent of all the Premier League games that have come back so far. Um, been watching pretty much all of them. And what I would say, Paul, is that. Although I understand, you know, obviously from a science point of view and a player preservation point of view, the use of five subs, I do think it's a. I do think it's detracting a bit from the game. Mm-hmm. I also think it is a huge advantage for certain teams in certain situations. I think that can't be underestimated. Um, and I'll be honest, I'm not sure whether I'm for or against it. I was going to say, I'll chat with you guys about it. Like for example, like I think Dean Smith of Aston Villa mentioned, you know, he was. Chris Wilder as well, Chef and I said they, they were anti, they were against it, and it makes sense because their squads probably aren't as good. Whereas I watched Chelsea, for example, Chelsea played Villa and they bring on, let me look, they bring on Barkley, they bring on Pulisic, they bring on Tammy Abraham, they bring on Rhys James, and whereas, you know, and Villa can't match that. Villa haven't got four lads as good as that in their starting lineup, and I think, so I do get where he's coming from. Obviously, the flip side is, you know, injuries, and you've got to be careful. We have seen already a few players do hamstrings and that. And I'll be honest, I just don't know where I stand. I, I think it is of a detriment to the games and of the competitiveness of the league. But on a flip side, I do understand the injury situation. So I'm not sure what they could have done differently. I just don't think I like it, if I'm honest. Yeah, I mean, it, it is. I think it's very true, isn't it? Sam, and we're seeing... Um, look, I don't think Burnley even fielded the full nine subs or whatever it was. You're, you're allowed. I think they only had seven against City. Obviously, they had their own injury problems and there comes a point where it's like, what, what's the point in throwing an extra body into the mix? And it's, it, it, it's exactly that, isn't it? It's it, it's tough because we're sitting here going, it favours the big teams. And we, you know, we've just drawn our first game back and we're already, you know, I think we'll, we'll probably feel that it will it should favour Liverpool going forward so maybe that will change our opinion of it when we see Liverpool win a few games and they're able to make those subs but 
I can't. I, I don't actually. I don't don't think I totally disagree. I think I think Steve's kind of right there. It feels. It does feel like it's a competitive advantage to the teams like Manchester City in particular. Yeah, definitely. And if you think about our game on Sunday, Everton had two goalies on the bench. You know that just kind of explains it all. They couldn't get the nine subs out. I don't like it personally. I understand it, like Steve said, hundred uh, percent. But I'm with Wilder on it. You start the season, and we can all accept there's no fans. That's just life. That's just reality. But we start the season with the idea that you have a squad where you can use three subs in a match. You roughly know how many games you're going to play, etc., etc. Now, again, I can understand the no fans. That's just part of where we are. But to then change the laws with subs, it's a case of, well, you know, like you, you're, you need to be fielding the players that are fitter rather than the better players. If you've got 11 players who are in a better position to start the game and bring three on rather than starting players, you can play. Liverpool did it. We played Minamino for 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. That's by design. No, yeah. really, that's a bit of a, you know, using the system a little bit. Uh, I, I personally don't like it and it's killing games as well there's been two or three games already where you've had five or even ten players come on second half and the ho- it's gone like an international friendly Liverpool Everton was until Lovren came on it was an international friendly for the last 20 minutes I don't yeah. like it that's my personal view anyway what about you Georgia? No, I, I think I just agree with everything that, that we're saying is it's there's a difference between liking it and understanding it like Sam said of you know what else would we do to to stop these we've seen it with the injuries and things like that what's the other options and I'm sure they've probably looked at that if you know do we change the length of the game well no then you're completely changing what people are signing up for you're changing the game of football full stop and you're already kind of doing that by adding extra substitutions but it's not something that's completely unheard of um so I think but at the same time yeah it, it is it makes it that little bit more unbalanced but as as much as it is, it's you know fielding the correct players and you know field your fitter players rather than your better ones. It works the other way too. If other teams can you know field their fitter play rather than the there's a lot of of there's a whole new sort of tactical element to the game now, and I think we saw that with Klopp of kind of using a half-time substitution because it didn't count as one of the three slots. Yeah, it, there's just like a whole new kind of game that's getting played off the pitch in terms of tactics now. Yeah, I, I think it's just to bring it back to you, Steve, look again, we're, we're fans of one of the top teams, we're fans of a team that have got enough depth, you know, and it, this might, on a positive sense, it might mean more game time for Nico Williams or, or Harvey Elliott and certainly more for the likes of Minamino and, and you know, pro, you know possibly Naby Keita as well, you know, lads who need to get on the pitch. So from our perspective, I mean, that's why I find this quite interesting is that we should probably, we should probably be in favour of this because it's, it's most likely to benefit Liverpool and not just this season, but actually potentially moving forward. But I, I agree. It's the, and maybe the sample size is too small because it's only the first game back for the league and we don't know quite how this is going to work out but really you know you probably got to talk on two or three games so everyone gets back up to speed in terms of fitness by which point most of the things will probably be decided anyway and then is this going to be I mean I wonder whether for me personally I've been listening with with the crowds uh, with sorry with, with the crowd sound pumped in and it's 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 put a layer of conceit over it for me because I felt like it makes you feel like you're watching a proper game. But when you add the five subs in to the empty stadium thing, I you right. I think it does. I think it's making football a little bit. It's it's making it less serious. And also, I think they will seriously consider keeping it as well, like for going forward. Now they've done it, I think I think they would like to keep it. And I'm just not. I'm not a big fan. I gave you some. You know, when when ten new players are entering the entering the pitch, so you know you're getting thirty two players playing in the same game. It it just I don't know, man. It just doesn't feel it, it affects the flow of every single game. And again, I do understand in this in this mini situation where you know players they were they weren't allowed to train, they were like what two or three weeks pre season that kind of thing. I do get it to an extent, and it's, I'm not even about the competitive advantage. It is a big, it is one, and I get it, and it does favour Liverpool. So from a, from my point of view, yeah, it does benefit us. But from just watching footy matches. You know, you, I was watching that Villa Chelsea game and it was so boring, two off, two on, and it was just a bit like it's it's, it's starting to become a little bit, a little bit farcical. This and like I say, I don't know what the right answer is, and if there is one, maybe you could have met in the middle and done four. I don't know if that would have made a difference, but I, I hope that next season they don't they don't keep it. Even though again, it would benefit us personally. Yeah. Football. Yeah. I hope they get rid of it. Does the drinks break add to that? Do you think? 
for sure. And again, that makes sense to me because you know they can't start any bottle in on side the pitch where the fella can go and grab his drink. They have to go and get their own water bottle that's been sanitised and no. So I, I, again, I do understand that, but it's another thing that just makes it. It, it, it definitely affected the flow of the derby. It's affected the flow of every game I watched. You know, you see a ball go for a corner when it seems like about to, you know, they feel like a bit of momentum is like right, right drinks, and it's like, ah, yeah, it's not again. It's one of those. But we're living in strange times, and we we all have to do. You know, we have to accept that there are things such as this, but you don't have to like it. You know, I mean, you, mm. you can't. This is a, this is understandable, but it's still a little bit crap. Anyone want to make a case for the defence? No. Can I defend referees? They've got to do the full 90. Go on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good point, isn't it? Yeah. John Moss was blowing the other day, I'll be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for John. Jim's <laughs> <laughs> been closed around by where John lives. You know. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's not been doing his couch to 5K um, during the lockdown. No, no, it's fair. It's a good point. No, I think it is. An, it is an interesting point, and I, I, I think, I think in some regards, um, Georgia, seeing the Bundesliga come back, I think took a lot of the sting off all of this. So we didn't have high expectations of the football, and we knew it was going to be a bit weird, and we knew that, like again, the, having crowd noise is probably a there's a value to having it Um, but in terms of us this is now we finally got some football that we can properly get into and look if people got into the Bundesliga fair but but for most of us you've got your football team and getting to see your football team it stands out above all other football so we've got that but now of course we're seeing as kind of Steve points out we're also seeing what what's getting in the way of that because we know what that looks like we know what Liverpool are meant to look like I mean, it might still be a bit early. It's one game of football and it was a derby to really draw any positive conclusions. But yeah, it's it, it, it's we will have questions and we think, you know, we're always going to look at it with a bit of a sceptical eye because no one likes, ultimately, no one really likes changing football. Yeah, I think that the main thing is we've got something to compare it to. We've, we have emotions and memories and things attached to that. So we can go back three months, four months to the Premier League, how we felt during the weekend, build up to the game during the game, after the game. When the Bundesliga came back, we didn't really have any of that. We were still comparing it to the Premier League of, you know, match day, things like that. Unless, again, unless you followed the Bundesliga and you had that connection to it, we didn't have. So I think in the back of everyone's mind was when the Prem was coming back, it was, it's going to, we're going to feel the same. It's going to be fussies back, blah, blah, blah. The the reason we didn't like the Bundesliga because we had no investment in it. And now that it's back and we've still got the investment, there's still that bit of unsettling kind of, it's not the same. Oh, and you feel a bit dejected. But that's that's just the way it is. Like we said, it's kind of the world we're living in right now, and it's better than nothing. Yeah, yeah. What's quite funny about the about that the game in particular at the weekend and the weird things that happened around it, Sam. My uh, mother-in-law just come round to drop the drop the shopping order off that we've had to wear house, and her, her husband is a, is a big Evertonian. They obviously watched the game, and their words were, "They made you change in a porter cabin." Uh, it took us half an hour to recover from that laughing. Uh, you know, that's that's you know, there's a, there's a lot of very weird things happening around footy, and I think you know when you when you're watching Liverpool walk out to, through the car park into the ground, you know that you're definitely facing an unusual set of circumstances. Yeah, the inside Liverpool will be interesting next week, won't it? From the yeah. Stanley Park <laughs> and the Annie Road car park, it, 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 telephoto it, lens. Yeah, <laughs> I mean. It is, and I think Klopp made reference to it, didn't he? he? Said, you know, it's the first time we've kind of had to do these new things and and we're adjusting. But yeah, you know, it's just interesting then listening to even like saying the drinks break and stuff. And now we've got football back, and I didn't. I, were the Bundesliga doing drinks breaks? Have the Spanish league been doing? I'm not sure. I guess the Spanish league might have, but um, it, I didn't notice it probably because I didn't care enough. Maybe yeah. the odd game, but um, now now I'm watching it. I completely agree with Steve. You know. It is a, a completely different product now, and all the surrounding things. Also, even even the um, the punditry. I was I was watching BT. I can't remember what game it was, but Peter Crouch was at home, and um, someone like Jenis or whoever was in the studio or, or Rio Ferdinand. And again, it's just bizarre. When I'm watching Liverpool Everton, at times I forget that we're in this pandemic. Yeah. But then, like when I see that and see Peter Crouch and his kids in the background and his missus and about and stuff, it's like it's a smack back to reality that we've got all these strange circumstances going on and. 
And um, yeah, but you know what, mate? Let's just be glad we've got something to watch because it was a damn sight shitter before, wasn't it? Any world, any world where there's more Abby Clancy in my life is no bad. <laughs> is no bad thing as far as I'm concerned. But the um, the, the only just to, just to kind of kind of like hypothesise a little around this thing. My my only concern about the drinks break is that the like American TV has been pushing for it for ages. Is there's, the, someone's going to put an advert break in there if they don't get rid of that soon? Because that's the way it all it all moves, you know. I remember after the USA '94, there was a load of proposals put together to how to make soccer, you know, take off in America. And there was talk about, you know, using the quarters format, um, putting zones on the pitch and all that kind of stuff. Like, and that's something that we do need to be wary of because, you know, if that drinks break persists into next season, particularly. Don't be don't be shocked if we cut to a two three minute advert break while they or whatever while they're having it. Yeah. And- like I say, again, I completely understand that you can't just grab a bottle or all your mates, you know, pass the drink around the, the, the team and all that, you know, like anyone. They, they, well, they, not they, even, Steve. What if they what if they just squirt a little bit on the floor first? Isn't that doesn't that doesn't that fix it? <laughs> yeah, just a wipe on your a wipe on your t-shirt and spit the first bit out. Just, just yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just yeah, it's bizarre, mate. And again, I think we all understand the reasoning for it. I do find that bit a little bit odd because in theory, anyone who's in, around them bottles should shouldn't have coronavirus because they've all been tested and stuff but again you understand that you know they get tested on the Thursday they play on the Saturday what, what did they do on the Friday so I do kind of do understand it to an extent I just think is it that hard to have a bottle next to the side where you play on your side of the pitch with your name on it and you just can go you can just go and grab it whenever you you know you fancy a little drink I, 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 again no no but, I've seen how many used cups there are in our office um, and I, I know that the, the people people will just will grab something nearer than actually walk to get the thing that's already that's already theirs. So yeah, um, but yeah, I think it's it's definitely and definitely doesn't you know what I, I, I've absolutely called that. By the way, there's no way that if those drink I guarantee yeah I'm, I'm calling it now if drinks break still exists when the season restarts for next season and it's still behind closed doors and it's still like this they will app sky. There's no way Sky are not pouncing on an opportunity just to lash something, something in there. A little Sky bet adverts on there. Oh yeah, Martin Tyler, just telling you what the latest blockbuster releases on Sky movies. <laughs> you know, whatever. Go on, Georgia. Already, they're kind of scrambling for what to do because there's only so much you can show players drinking. So during the Liverpool game, it was like cut to James Milner putting an ice pack on his thigh for like two minutes, and it was like nobody wants to see that. Like show us a highlight, show us what you can. Can tell they're already kind of wondering how do we fill this gap yeah 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 very uh very very uh very very strange indeed uh, okay so yeah uh, georgia well well got you you wanted to talk about the the pre-season transitional period yeah we, we spoke about it on the final word as well and it kind of links to what steve's saying as well is that we kind of got this weird period now where football's changed and things like that and it's very international friendly it's very kind of um not that it's not competitive but there's certainly an edge taken off it um i'm just kind of we spoke about sort of players getting introduced players getting um extra time that they wouldn't normally get sort of bedded into the squad for the push or like minamino kaiser things is is now this period you know, for Liverpool especially, once the league's wrapped up, is that pre-season then? Are we starting pre-season? Are we going into, right, what's happening for next season? Because pre-season as a whole is going to be something that's short and chopped and changed, maybe looked at completely different. I mean, we're used to kind of international tours as a club. That's probably not going to happen. Um, so just, just kind of putting that to people of what do we think pre-season will look like going forward but also is now sort of pre-season that's it's an interesting one isn't it and Sam I mean the talk at the moment I mean particularly for Liverpool the league season's going to finish on the 25th of July um, which means that Liverpool because if they've got no other cup commitments will be done then obviously there'll be the whatever celebrations look like to follow that etc the FA Cup final I think is scheduled for the first week in August we're going to talk about the Champions League you, you, you want to talk about that in a little bit as well Liverpool probably have then got so the, and then the rumours right now is I think it's like the 12th 13th, 14th or something of September, they're talking about the start date for the new season. So we, you're talking, what, seven weeks between between for, between seasons for Liverpool, there or thereabouts? Um, what do you, what, you know, 
George is right. I mean, I guess do, do you do Liverpool just treat this season in isolation? Do and, you know and just get toward the end of it and then give give everyone a couple of weeks off and then go, put a month into into pre-season? Or I mean, yeah, it's it's a, it's a conundrum for the manager. Yeah, definitely. And I think I think there's a couple of sides to this. Um, well, a few sides to this. Number one is I personally believe for Liverpool that we're already going to start to see the transition of our evolution as a side from now. And we don't need to be tried and tested. We're going to win the league, even if we draw six games or you know City slip when they've got a couple of cup games. Whatever, it's it's going to happen. So so I think like even you saw against Everton, you know he didn't have to play Minamino from the start, but he did. He didn't have to play um, uh, Matip, but he did. You know he he didn't have to play Cater, but he did. And I think. I think we're going to start to see changes in our system from now moving into next season, which will benefit us. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. In terms of the actual structure, the, 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 the sort of way we're going to see the games is seven weeks is a long time. Um, mm-hmm. And if you think about football finishes in end of May, June, then they are pretty much most of June off and they're back. Some players will play international football, then they'll have three weeks off, then they'll be back. Most seasons, there is an international tournament or set of games where you get players like last season, Manny and Mares coming back with two weeks or a week. So to have two weeks off in August, then four or five weeks training will actually do most football teams good. Mm-hmm. Where it's going to probably wipe teams out is going to be the lower leagues. If they do restart, they're going to have been not playing football for like six months. Mm-hmm. They're going to be struggling. So I actually think it's, it works okay. Um, if City win the Champions League, I hope not then they're going to have about two weeks off. But such is life, isn't it, with success? I actually think it worked quite well for us. Uh, it's just going to be interesting to see what, what it looks like, the game itself, come September. Yeah. I sort of wonder. Yeah, what about you, Steve? Yeah, I'll be honest, I'm not sure if Klopp will be thinking that far just about yet. I think I think there will definitely be a, a case for him to be um, resting players and rotating players throughout this period. I think that's fair. But I don't think he, he will per se you know, just be worrying about next season already. I think he'll just be managing the squad now to make sure no one gets hurt before the end of the season. And then, like Sam says, if it is seven weeks, that's a lot. You know, that's more than he usually gets. You know, he, I, he might just say to them, listen, go and have two weeks. They can't really go anywhere on all day. Anyway, I doubt he'll let them go abroad. Because, then they have to, cause it, again, there's quarantine periods and stuff when they come back. So, you know, go and spend a week in a caravan in Talaha or something. And, 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 then, and then come back and, and then... And I said they'll have four or five weeks. So I think I don't think it'll be a big issue. I don't think that'll be on their mind just about yet. I think if you're someone like a Man City, you know, or another team who's still in this Champions League format, City are still in the FA Cup as well, which they but they're probably going to go and win. I do. Then I do think they, that's why Pep is heavily rotating already. You know, we've already seen that. He knows that he can't win the Premier League anyway, and they're not going to finish outside the top four. So it's almost he's kind of getting his squad ready to play this Champions League. He's almost using these league games now to build up for that mini mini tournament in the FA Cup. So 
I think I think some teams will be think what George said. I think some are already planning for it. Where I think Liverpool are just going to say, you know, we'll just get through this one. Look after everyone because injuries are, are bound to happen in, with so many games. And then we can kind of, when August comes, we'll kind of see where we are. Yeah. The, only th- the only thing I do think, Paul, is that if anyone's going to sign anyone, I think that's when it might become harder. Because I don't, like I say, there's not going to be a tour to go on to get to know you, the lads. And there's not going to be, I don't, I don't imagine there's going to be tons of friendlies because it's going to be hard to get anyone to play against. I think that's where it might be an issue. For, if, you, if you sign someone, it might that might be difficult. But I don't think fitness-wise, I don't think it's that big a deal. Just what yeah. Yeah, I, I I agree on that. I think when you look at the, for me, you've got to look at our our rivals and particularly that's Manchester City, isn't it? And I think and this kind of leads into what your your topic here, Sam, is the Champions League stuff and Liverpool. Yes, they've had a break. So they've had the three-month break the same as everyone, which I actually think benefits us in some ways more than most because of how much footy all of our top players have played over the last three seasons, particularly the likes of Mo Salah, uh, who, who what, finished the Champions League, injured, had had two weeks on a beach, went to the World Cup, and then went back in, straight back into the season pretty much and then did the same with the African Cup of Nations last, last summer as well, having, having got to the Champions League final. Um, I, I, I'm... I weirdly think this summer's going to benefit Liverpool more than more than most, and some of that will depend on what where, on what happens. Like you know, Chelsea aren't likely to get beyond the next the next round because they're already three 0 down to to Bayern Munich uh, and what have you. But Man City in particular, you're right. I think for them, they've got to gear up to win because look, they're probably not going to be in the Champions League next season, are they? So it's a it's an all or nothing for for Pep Guardiola in this. So yeah, that you might find that he actually said Klopp's got no need to sacrifice anything for anything. At this point, because you just got to get the Premier League one, and then you can decide whether you want to go and break points records if it's still on, or whether you want to start building, you know, building your squad, getting ready for next season. Um, but let's, Sam, let's do the Champions League stuff. Um, yeah, it's it's been confirmed. It's coming back as like a single game shootout uh, tournament uh, being played in Portugal in uh, in the first so two weeks in the middle of August. Uh, yeah, go for it. So. So my sort of biggest concern with this is obviously we've we've gone over all the pitfalls to football already. We've already sort of slagged the game off and called it an international friendly sort of league. But now add in the fact that for me, and and I'm going to sort of hammer City a little bit here. The reason why City haven't won the Champions League is because they haven't got that special thing as a club that links the fans, the players, the history, that spark you need to pull off results like Barcelona, like like you know Chelsea, like like Istanbul, so on and so forth. We've been there. Loads of other clubs like Barcelona have had that as well. Okay, we've all all the winners have had moments, um, and I think the new format is is a new competition. First of all, I'm not sure how I feel about Chelsea going playing Bayern Munich in Turkey or whatever it's going to be in a second leg. And how does that work then? The fact that you know the first game had loads of fans. I know they got whooped, but they had loads of fans. You know they claim the pressure. I don't know. Um, and the second leg, which will be Bayern's home game, will be. Um, will be in a neutral ground. And it's, I just don't really understand how that works. And then following on from that, so we knocked, we got knocked out by Atletico Madrid. Away goals played a huge part. The quarterfinals are going to be no home and away ties. And then the semis and the final. I just think, I don't understand how that competition can stand up, given what it's always been about for years. You know, they yeah. should have renamed it for this season, just for the, you know, I'm like, I don't know. But And then following from that, is, is, is this the end of away goals? I actually hope so. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, it's an interesting, yeah, all interesting stuff. I mean, I, I was looking into this, and uh, City haven't played their home like against Real Madrid, so they're, they're still taught that they might yet play, be able to play these games at home. But also, um, the drag out stadium has been put aside for these games, so they can get the round of sixteen ones, which would be the seventh and eighth of August. And again, this just feeds into this idea of like Man City. You know, yes, Man City might be more prepared for the early stages of the Premier League just because they might they might just have to carry they might have they might have to play through. You know that 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 might be what they need to do, but that doesn't necessarily favour them at the back end. But seventh and eighth of August is the last sixteen uh, remaining last sixteen games, which obviously includes uh, Chelsea away, Chelsea away at Bayern Munich, uh, City at home to Real Madrid. Then the twelfth and twelfth to the fifteenth will be the quarterfinals. The eighteenth will and uh, nineteenth. Be the semi-finals on the 23rd of August, the 23rd of August for the final. And again, Steve, bearing in mind that you know, you know, we already look at Man City this week. They played last night. 
they play Chelsea again on Thursday, is it? And then they play um, is it Newcastle, I think, in the in the cup or something. Or they got they got the FA Cup game at the weekend. Like that's an ins- that's potentially an insane couple of months if they've got ambitions to win the Champions League. Yeah, I mean. I think it's worth saying like they might not even get past Real Madrid yet. You know they, yeah. they've got a big advantage. They've got a big advantage. Haven't haven't won over there or whatever, but they're not guaranteed. But I, I my issue with this one again is that the Premier League changed a little bit. It did change a little bit because the five subs in the drink, but it's not huge. Everyone's playing each other twice, home and away. And I get there are caveats to it. Essentially, we've just turned the FA, we've just turned the Champions League, which is a two-legged tie, into the World Cup. Yeah. That's what we've done. It's a summer tournament where what with one game and stuff like that. Again, who that benefits, I don't know. Like I, I personally, I like. I agree. I don't like the away goals rule. I think it's, it's rubbish. But I, I do like the home and away nature. You know, you've got to someone's got to come to Anfield on a on a European Cup semi final and do, and get something. You know, and like if we actually Barcelona in a neutral venue, we'd have lost. You know, at that point, we won the one four nil. We might be yeah. out. So again. No fans, and I get it all. Basically, we know why this one's happening. This is nothing to do with finishing the competition. This one is about money. It's about, you know, UEFA needs those games to be played, and I get it. And this is one that won't stick, because the last thing they're going to do is take games out of the Champions League, if anything, they're going to add more into it. Yeah. So this this is very much a needs must, and I do understand it. You know, you talk about asterisks against titles and stuff like that. I mean, whoever wins this, whether it's Madrid, Barca, whoever it is, this one is, there's a massive, massive big asterisk on this one. Because essentially you are, no, you, but you will have played, you know, three three fewer games. That, it, that is an issue, I think. I do think for the integrity of that competition, I do think that that counts. Um, but again, we, we're living in this mad world where you know, we, we, rather than being in an office or, or a studio recording this, we're on Skype in our houses or whatever. Yeah, yeah, it's adapting. Yeah. I think, um, George, that's right. That's something I've been thinking about for a while about the old asterisk thing. Um, that you know, it's not people will people will try to put it against the Premier League for banter, and I, but I think it's quite. I, I just I, a random flight of fancy that if Liverpool win the league and Man City win the Champions League, like Man United fans are going to have to change the United club crest to an asterisk because that's all they're going to have. All they're going to have left is is a, is a small bitter piece of punctuation uh, as a shield against them being absolutely slaughtered by their two biggest rivals. Yeah, I think with the Premier League, we we laugh and we joke about like the asterisks and we knew, we kind of, as Liverpool fans, I think because of the nature of this title and the weight and the build-up and everything to do with it and that, it, it didn't really matter, okay? Put the asterisks there, it doesn't matter. It's still number 19, it's still... You know, a thirty-year wait over. Don't really care. We've waited long enough. And, and I agree with Steve. The the premise changed, but like we said before, the the game hasn't changed. The nature of it hasn't changed. The alterations and and things have been because of necessity. We say the five sub rules. We've just ripped into it, but we understand why. Mm-hmm. The drink break. We don't like it, but we understand why. The Champions League completely changed. It may have, it, it's just filled the gap that the Euros were going to be. It, it is essentially just the Euros, but but with you know club teams, and and we you can't then be on one side saying you know oh well you won the Premier League but it didn't really count. But the Champions League is completely different. Completely, it's a whole new competition. I agree with Sam of you know it should have just changed the name. It should have been you know the Champions Cup. Or whatever, it's it's not what the, the the league and the the kind of the enjoyment that fans get out of the Champions League, it's gone. Yeah, this thing it, it's funny, isn't it? Because perspective's massive in this. If we'd beaten Atletico, I would be annoyed that we would be in a position where obviously losing the power of Anfield and all that kind of stuff. But also, I would be getting dead excited about like a, a summer European tournament with club teams that I care about. The the, the television revenues that are going to be the, the viewing figures that are going to be absolutely mega because it's not going up against anything. All of a sudden, it gives us all something extra to do. Um, but yeah, again, that's 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 that side of things, and I can't personally just going back to my points at the top. I can't, I can't get over the fact that yeah, I'd be made up if City and even Chelsea went a bit deeper in that because I that does for me 
that can't possibly favour them moving forward into the next into the next season. That puts them. Yes, you know you get the advantage if you if you win it and you get all the glory and all that kind of stuff. And I don't want either of those clubs, particularly Man City. Man City are a side that they will be made if they make it if they win a European Cup. That finally completes the puzzle. You know all those empty seats that we joke about won't be empty anymore because the amount of fans you get from winning a Champions League. I know so many people just being in a final. I know so many people who became Liverpool fans because they watched us play in in, in Athens in two thousand seven. We lost, but they saw it. It was it was there. It was in front of them, and they it was enough for them to make their decision. That's a big. It's a big thing. It's a kingmaker, really. Uh, the, the 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 Champions League trophy. So yeah, it'd be great. But from Liverpool's perspective, and after having a rival and people you're going up against, um, yeah, basically, because how do you then? I just don't understand how you then do it. So you finish in footy. Your last game of the season is the 23rd of August, which is then what three weeks before the Premier League season scheduled to start. But do you have a holiday then? Do you, you know? Do you you know? But then and then what? You take two weeks off and then you've got to get back up and running. Yeah, it's not a Liverpool problem, which is upsetting because I'd I'd love a seventh European Cup and that problem. Um, but if we, given that we can't have it, I'd rather just have a little Klopp just get the time to work with the players, which would be absolutely glorious. Uh, right, okay, let's get to a couple of questions before we um, wrap up. Um, Cyber Symes asks, and uh, still I'll start with you first on this. Uh, as we're playing Crystal Palace on Wednesday, let's go off to a parallel universe. Uh, where do you think the club would be if Roy Hodgson hadn't been sacked when he was? In the championship, no. The uh, championship, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, it's a good one. I don't know, mate, to be honest. It, it was bad. It was really, really bad. Um, obviously, by that point, the ownership had changed and stuff. So, I do, so. I don't think it would have been. We wouldn't have been bust like I thought we would have been under the owners, but it just was wrong. You know, it, it wouldn't be. We'd accepted, and I think it was almost like gallows humor. We'd accepted that Liverpool were just a bit crap, and we were going to be a crap for a while. And we, and he didn't have the ambition to change that. And the owners, fair play to them, did. Um, where would we be now? We would be like eleven, Everton. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'd be an half decent Premier League team who can who can get the odd good result, but keeps, but it's just a little bit of a letdown. That you, we'd be, we'd be Everton, yeah. It's funny, isn't it, it's Sam? Because I, I look and seeing how good Liverpool are now makes me realise how incredibly biased I was towards everything that Liverpool have done beforehand, and thinking it was be- thinking it was better than it was. And I wonder whether there's a set of, like some Stockholm syndrome that would have kicked in with Roy Hodgson eventually, where we were led to believe that we were as good as we could possibly be. Like Liverpool, I'm really not really at the table with Manchester United. You know, like all of a sudden we are. You know, we should we should we should know our role as a small little parochial town in the northwest of England. And every, you know maybe maybe focus on trying to win the occasional FA Cup. Um, that's probably that's probably the way it would have gone. We've eventually browbeaten down to thinking that we should be crap. I think it's interesting because if you look at what he's doing now, I mean you could say he's learned from all his horrendous mistakes with England and Liverpool. But I, I, it's interesting because I wonder whether he was just way out of his depth with the players he had at the time, like Mascherano for a few games, Gerard Torres, and you wonder whether two years down the line, if he'd have got his Benteke age twenty five. <laughs> or if he'd have got, you know, a Zaha type, big strong winger who's got loads of assets. Um, you know, whether with Gerard for a few more seasons, we'd have actually got a little bit better. I don't know. Probably not. But uh, I'd like to think that just us being Liverpool would have pushed on a little bit. But you know what, Steve? You took the words out of my mouth, mate. Everton is the answer. That is the answer, isn't it? I'm not having anything else. Everton is the answer. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Yeah, I mean, that's it. There's not really much more to add, to add I guess, but that's the thing. Hodge, Hodge always has a limit. Um, and yeah, you know, it's like it, it, for me, it's like the Moyes at Man United argument. It's like, yeah, by all means, give him give him five years to, you know, give him a fair shake, fair shake, let him buy his players. But the, I mean, he bought Paul Koncheski and Christian Poulsen, so it didn't bode particularly well. It would have been, I think, Merseyside derbies would have been a lot more interesting because they'd be, you know, a little bit tighter. We might have had more <laughs> nil-nil draws. Um, I, I think, the, the, like you said, the only potential silver lining is we may have won uh, maybe more FA Cups and League Cups because they're the only things we had going for us. Champions League, we could probably say goodbye to for a while and we can mm-hmm. remember the good old days of 2005. And I think 
Yeah, I just think it wouldn't have been a very great time. It'd probably either be Everton or Arsenal now of like, oh dear, are we really a big club now? (laughs) (laughs) Right, okay, Callum Buck wants to know the most obscure random fact that you know. Who wants to go first? I'll take it. Go I'll on. take it. The, the blob on your toothpaste. So when you put your toothpaste on your toothbrush, it's called a nerdle. <laughs> a nerdle of toothpaste. Mm-hmm. There you go. You might be a little bit of a nerdle in knowing that, to be fair. Like it's, uh, hey, well, is that not the best new insult you've got? Oh, shut up, you nerdle. <laughs> shut up, you nerdle. <laughs> Absolutely. Anyone else got any obscure random facts that they know? Tell me something you know. Quantity. <laughs> me right. I uh, I don't. I was doing a little bit of research actually. I was watching. A, I was watching uh, one of these game shows the other day, and I found out that the Canary Islands aren't named after birds; they're named after dogs. And I thought that was quite interesting, and that the bird is named because it was found on the island. So, oh. so that's what I thought. I, I thought they were just named after the little yellow birds, but it turns out they were named after the dog. And then they found the birds on the island, so we called them canaries. So um, there you go. I thought that was, that was quite interesting, if, if nothing else. I think Cannonball's watching actually we're seeing that, but I think that I might be completely wrong and it might not be a fact. And we might just be living in a, in a, in a new but if politicians can bare face lie to people, then, then why can't I? Yeah, absolutely. Let's bring a bit of fake news to the Red Men TV. It seems to be all the rage. Um Sam, have you got a fact for us? Um, you caught me before, you know. I'll be honest. I was, I was, I've been racking this for a, for a, for about half an hour. <laughs> the, only, the only couple I can think of is work-wise. Um, this is going to probably going to bore the life out of you. Is I actually found this out because I've been doing some training and work recently for for teachers. And um, you must have heard of you know what a megabyte is, yeah. You mm-hmm. know what comes before a megabyte, a kilobyte, mm-hmm. yeah. Because obviously you deal with files all the time. Do you know what a byte is? That's the lowest. Do you know what half of a byte is called? A pico bite. No, a nibble. A nibble. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> the lowest form of binary sort of collective number is a nibble. The only other one I've got is um, a singular scampi is scampo. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Zoom quiz. Zoom quiz. Dummy. But yeah, a nibble. There you go. Is for a nibble. A, you can all take that away. Um, the only one I've got is that seventy-six point four percent of statistics are made up on the spot. <laughs> um, right okay uh, Umar Awadali um, asks us uh, you had to join another fan base other than Liverpool anywhere in the world which fan base would you choose and why now I'm guessing this means like you've got to swap your allegiances um, not just you get to go and have a party with a different fan base which is uh, you know which I'd rather do um, but go on Steve you had to be a fan of another football club instead of Liverpool who would it be <laughs> this is hard because I want somewhere that's close. So that it's like two of the closest teams I really, really don't like. So it can't be Everton, it can't be Man United, it can't be City now because there's no chance. Um, but I, I, I don't want to be someone in the, I don't want to be someone rubbish either. I want to be someone who's all right. Because um, I don't want Wigan still being in the, in the Premier League, couldn't we? Maybe they've been them. Um, you know what? Why not Samia? Why not Samia? I know the rubbish and stuff, but it's the rubbish, rubbish. It's the will. <laughs> Too great. Yeah, you know what? You're right. Too great. And, uh, and the, the eight scousers as yeah, well. The, the tunnel fees alone are making me <laughs> making me question. Um, I find this. You know what? I might have to even consider just being like an abroad fan, like, and like what, like what Liverpool have got, and just pick a, a team in a different country. So I will go and support. You know what? Give me Valencia. I like oranges. Valencia. I'm a big fan of oranges. Let's go Valencia. Why not? I don't know. We've had we have similar questions to these over the years, and one of them is normally like, if you like, if Liverpool didn't exist, who would you support? And the answer's just Everton because the the the, the local team. So you'd have kind of you just would support you just support Everton because there would have been no Liverpool. It never would have been a choice. But if I had to choose. There's no chance on 
God's earth, I'm choosing Everton because why would you choose to actively put yourself through that? That's like, I mean, some people are banging into, you know, BDSM and sadomasochism and all that kind of stuff. Just love being like kicked in the balls, but that's like getting booted, you know, for like, oh no, no, not for me. Um, so no, I, I, you're right. I agree. I would, I would, I would glory hunt. I would, I would either glory hunt and go and be like a Real Madrid fan. So, or I would do, I would go, I'd be like a. New York Red Bulls fan, and that way that when I know when I'm going to games, I get to go and fly over to New York, and so at least I'm getting to do. I put a cool, put a put a cool trip into it. Go on, Georgia, you could join another fan base other than Liverpool. What is it? Probably Atletico. I know we have our like our qualms because of you know whatever mm-hmm. they did, but in I've always liked them, and I think there's always been that bit of connection with Liverpool. And for Torres alone, I probably would have supported them. And I, I just think they're the right sort of, you know, you're not your Real Madrid, your Barcelona. There's always a chance. You got the Champions League and cup runs and things. I probably would have done Atletico plus nice kit. So yeah, decent, 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 Sam. Well, the extreme socialist in me says Sam Pauli all day, but. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm a little bit like yourself. If I'm going to go abroad, it's got to be someone who's relatively successful because it's great being a Liverpool fan, isn't it? Um, I'm going to go Borussia Dortmund. There's just a lot of similarities. Celtic yeah. would be an easy answer, but the league's shit. I couldn't <laughs> be arsed watching that on a Sunday afternoon against St. Mirren. So, Borussia Dortmund for me, you know, it's an easy sideways step, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. Okay, yeah, well, let, let us know if you had to support another Liverpool fan base anywhere in the world, who would it be? Uh, leave us some, if anyone wants to r- let their imaginations run riot on the Roy Hodgson alternate universe thing, then do so in the comments underneath. Uh, if we get any absolute belters, we'll try and, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll put them out on Twitter and we'll try and introduce them into the show next week as well. Uh, but yeah, guys, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast this week. If you you are listening on good podcasting apps uh, make sure you leave a five star review and don't forget the fan zone commentary if you missed out at the weekend it is coming back Wednesday we're going to be live 45 minutes before kickoff that is 7.30 we're actually going to be live then hopefully we've got two days of testing between now and then hopefully all the kinks should be ironed out me and Chris having a laugh doing the world's most biased football commentary ever uh, and hopefully we'll take a step closer to the title uh, guys thank you so much and uh, yeah we'll be back with more podcasting goodness next week Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.